come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your polter guide, Kinsey. I'm your polter guide, Donna. And I'm your polter guide, a- a- <laughs> Adrian. I know my name. <laughs> <laughs> and your polter guide, Debbie, said she was just going to pop off to the shop. She had to go get a Coronetto, so hopefully she'll be back. I don't know. We'll see. Um, a little bitey out there today. It is a little bitey out there today. And this week, we watched the 2004 classic Shaun of the Dead. Let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? If you hadn't seen it or if it's been a while? I have seen it before. I enjoyed it then. I enjoyed it now. I think this movie just nails that line between uh, horror comedy and actual horror. Um, I think and Simon Pegg is fast becoming one of my favorite human beings on the planet. So, yes, I liked it. All right. Adrian. I was so excited for this movie when it came out. I think I saw it opening weekend in the theater, and I loved it then. There are a few social moments where I'm like, oh, that didn't age great. But um, I think you have that with almost any movie, and uh, I still loved it. It's still it's still great. Yeah, um, real similar to you. Uh, I loved this movie then. I love it now. I, same thing, saw it opening weekend when it came out, and it's just just fantastic and it's always a delight and i do agree with you donna it walks that line and yeah i just i i'm never mad when i when i get to watch this at all well and you called it a classic and i mean i think this movie was instantly classic yes oh yeah i agree well and it had the benefit because it was released at over over in the uk first so it kind of you know all of us that are that are diehards in the genre we had already been hearing about it. So then by the time it got here, we were like, yes, 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 yes. All right. So those of you that haven't seen Shaun of the Dead and live under a rock, why? But just in case you guys don't know what it's about, our good, good buddies at IMDb. You know, I know IMDb is always uh, trying really hard. I just, I feel like this movie is about the adventures of socially awkward Harry Potter and Wonder Woman's best friend uh, trying to keep their friend Liz safe from her boyfriend. Okay. They are definitely going to disagree with you on that. They're... Summary is, a man's uneventful life is disrupted by the zombie apocalypse. Meh. So yeah, let's let's get into it. That's such a good opening. Oh, that opening, like, I think that opening, then that first five minutes, you see, one, the whip-smart writing of Pagan Wright, and then Wright's just skill as a director like i mean Mm -hmm. you you talk about just like jumping on the scene like both of them with that it's just it's fantastic i love that's when he's on the uh especially when he's on the bus and everyone around him is just kind of in a daze and their heads are just kind of bobbing and this is well before whatever it was happened but everyone around him basically is acting like a zombie well before the zombie apocalypse starts I loved that so much. That is great. And then I like 
the zombies that they all interact with, you see them first also during kind of that opening scenes, you know, that you're like, okay, well, Mary, there's the cashier. We're going to see her in the garden. You know, you just start seeing everybody. And if you're paying close attention, you're like, okay, yeah, you know, I love it. Well, it, it really it, it builds up this neighborhood atmosphere, I think. You know, whenever I lived in New York City, you would always see the same people at the subway stops. Like, you, you would run into the same people over and over and over again. And I feel like it really builds up that that feeling of, like, mm-hmm. everybody is in the same place. We're not going back and finding different extras for this scene. And I think it, it helps with that sort of feeling of, like, familiarity and dead indishness. The actual reason I watched this movie when the first time I watched it was because I love Martin Freeman so much and I heard Martin Freeman was in it. So I'm like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to watch this movie for Martin Freeman and he's in it for about three seconds and doesn't say a line. Yep. Um, He's like, he's in it so little that I thought, is that Martin Freeman? I'm going to look that up later. And then I did not do that. (laughs) So... Well, I like, though, that, I mean, basically in that one scene, you also have a UK office reunion because Martin Freeman is Tim. And then uh, Lucy Hale, or excuse me, Lucy Davis, she was Dawn in uh, in the UK office. And I'm sorry, Lucy Davis, because I adore you. And I'm sorry I gave you the wrong name because I think you're fabulous. She's also I- one of the aunties in Sabrina. Yes, she is. She is a delight in Sabrina. And of course, she's Wonder Woman's best friend. So Yes, and she's Wonder Woman's best friend. Uh, do we want to talk about the fun little zombie movie Easter eggs in it? Oh, gosh, there's so many. Um, I love the, the shitty boyfriend's death, which is just straight up the hot military dude's death in Day of the Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's Then fantastic. pushed further? <laughs> yeah. It's like we can do this, but let's let's go, you know, let's go a moment. No, but like there's so many like subtle ones though too, like Forey Electric, like is one like Ken Forey from Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course Barbara being Sean's mom name is a little coming obvious. to get you, Barbara. <laughs> then you've got the restaurant that they're going to is Felucci's, which he did uh Zombie, which was... He just did all his, like, weirdo, low-budget Italian zombie movies. Yeah. Uh, the big one that kind of got him acclaim was basically he made his own sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Uh, and that's what's zombie... That's called zombie. And then you've got Bub's Pizza, which is next to the shop mm-hmm. that he goes to. So, I mean, there's just, like... It's it's just... Oh, man. Yeah. I love it. Did you notice any different ones than what we've said, Adrian? Oh, God. Like, at one point, I was like, I'm going to count these. And then, again, I didn't do that. Like, I honestly don't have very many notes on this movie because every time I start to watch this movie, I just get totally sucked into it. Yeah, It's really good. Yeah. I think, uh, I just, I find shots. There's one missed opportunity that I think about every time I watch this movie. And that is, why did they not spell Sean S-H-A-W-N? I think that is a... I think that is just where a location, since it's in the UK, I think that's just a phonetic. Yeah, but if you're using the name, like, even in 2000, it wasn't hard to look up this, the name spellings, like, that name spelling existed. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I get location, but still, you you could go for the I rhyme in addition to the actual rhyme. (laughs) I always really like zombie movies that show you how unnoticed the zombies can go. 
uh, how we have all the zombie sightings before we actually have the zombies. Um, Anna and the Apocalypse does it too, I think, really well. Where you, oh, and, and Day of the Dead, no, the Dawn of the Dead remake has it a little bit also. But I like how it shows you how this can sneak up on you. And just to be a little bit contemporary, it really reminded me of like right now, that week before we all went into lockdown, when it was like, things are kind of weird, but it's fine, right? Yeah, we're all fine. Yeah, it is kind of, when you put it that way, yeah. I'm with you. I like that um, because you do see just like the hints of the zombie attack. You never actually see a full on one. And even when there's reports on the news, I just love just him turning the channels and it's still telling you, hey, this is what's going on. But it's like just once again, that editing, just like, okay, turn mm-hmm. the channel here, this like that. I'm always really impressed with that, how they like work each and I know that they did it, so it's not like they had to find things or anything, but I like the way that each line continues the sentence. It's just It feels it, good. It does feel good. And it's so smart. Like I just that's what what I just another one thing I love. It's it's so smart. And even that night that before everything goes to hell, when Sean and Ed are drinking in the bar. Ed is foreshadowing what they're going to deal with on their trip to the Winchester. Bloody Mary. The girl's name is Mary in the garden. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like that whole (laughs) thing is just like, if you listen to it, it's like, it is just, it's outlining everything that's going to happen. No, you're absolutely right. I don't know how I never like piece that together. And it's, oh, like I said, it's just, it's, it's, it's layers. Oh, it's so many layers. Like, oh, I love it. So, like, I, for some reason, had it in my head that this movie had a much happier ending than it did. (laughs) I hadn't watched it in a few years, and I just sort of rewrote it so that they all lived. And when they all started dying, I had, like, a legitimate moment of being like, wait, what? I think that's another thing this film does so well is, yes, there is a lot of humor in it. But, man, when it starts that turn, which all the zombie movies have... Of mm-hmm. people that you've gotten to know start dying, like I mean, you feel it. Yeah, I think like I think this was the first like I've always loved zombie movies, but I think this was the first time that I felt that I felt it as hard as I did. Like this movie is very interested in making you connect with these characters in, in ways that other zombie movies are not as interested. I think what this move this movie it isn't. It is a zombie movie, but it isn't. It's more about this guy's life. This is basically a, this is some moments in his life. The zombies are just almost not really, I don't want to say secondary, but they're not the focus. He is the focus. And I think that's where that connection of getting to know people comes from. To, to go to my um, overthinking pop culture place that I love to go to. I feel like this is a movie about growing up and making decisions on who you're going to be. And so, you know, he's not, he's not making any decisions. He's not doing anything. He's not changing. And Liz wants to, she wants something more interesting, but then, you know, all this stuff happens and they find their familiarity and a good compromise. Yeah. And you now see Ed that- lives in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even Pete tells him to, I love that Pete even tells him early on in the movie to go live in the fucking shed. so it's like they're so so like i said it goes back to the the foreshadowing layers like yep it's a movie that just feels really good the way that it you know it is it's all Chekhov's gun there's (laughs) there's nothing left unfired at the end 
I mean, you still have like the asshole character that you don't really care about, Awkward Harry Potter. But like, even the actress chick gets really good character developments. For not as many. I mean, she's she's there during you know the film, but she doesn't have several lines. And so when she does, and you like you said, seeing that arc, it's good. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's useful. <laughs> Yeah, she is. Sorry, I was just remembering when she's giving the zombie acting class in the backyard. And it, I love it. <laughs> it just made me laugh again and made me happy all over again. <laughs> so Ed's a really terrible roommate, and he should definitely move out, just saying. Ed, oh man. He's a hot mess. Yes, he is. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always, every time I watch it, I'm always torn by how much I, I like it, and then how much I just want to shake him. Like, just shake him so hard yeah and i think that's the point and they do it very well (laughs) because nick frost is a fucking delight anyway but man he really makes you sometimes not like it (laughs) he seems like he'd give good hugs i agree i don't know why that's become like my big thing with people on this podcast just like how would i rate their hugs (laughs) right now it's because i haven't had a hug in a few weeks maybe that's it yeah I don't think um, we mentioned earlier, but we are all recording from our own homes via Zoom. If you guys have noticed, I want to let you know that we've noticed that our energy is a little bit lower. It's it's harder to play off of each other here than it is in the room, I think. I would like to talk about Sean. Can I let's, talk about Sean? Let's talk no. about Sean. He he has this wonderful, wonderful superpower, which is being sporadically competent when it's needed. So he's he's generally just a run of the mill schlub, but when it's necessary for him to be competent, he is super super competent. I feel that though. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like, watch me be disaster ninety eight percent of the time. <laughs> I'm also so sympathetic to him um, because the bit where he promised Liz he would make them a, a date at a nice restaurant and then just everything interfered and he forgot and didn't do it. And then it was too late. And then she was mad at him. Oh, I felt that. I felt that Sean. Yes. I felt that too, but also not everything interfered. He just sat on the damn couch with Ed and fucked off. <laughs> well, yes, but like, you know, work interfered and I mean, don't take There's some, some A-grade executive dysfunction happening there. Yes. Yes, for sure. But I just, I just loved how when it was necessary, he was a crack shot. Actually, there was another example of really good foreshadowing where they're sitting there having a conversation when Ed's playing that video game and Sean's like upper left at your three, you know. And, and then, <gasps> oh, yeah. And then, of course, in the in the bar, they're doing that exact thing. I did love 1145. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. This is a good movie. It's so fun. It's really good. I don't have very many notes. Like I said, it's just, and some of my notes don't make sense to me now. Mm. I and I don't down, know what I was thinking. I wrote down almost nothing and I don't know where my card is that I wrote stuff down on. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ed gives bad advice, his relationship advice. Oh, it's bad. Like, he's just always like, take her to the Winchester. And it's like, nah, buddy. The only thing that saves this relationship is a damn apocalypse. Like, 
Taking her to the Winchester is a bad plan. And she expressly said she was tired of being at the Winchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't don't take her to the Winchester. Except, of course, he does. Actually, he does take her to the Winchester. But I think that goes back to what you were saying about Sean, is that when he needs to needs to be competent, he is. Because in his mind, hey, this is a safe place. I've got to protect mom. i got to protect Liz. And this is where we need to go. And, yeah, I mean, it's yes, it's where she didn't want to end up. <laughs> But I wonder uh, if he would have taken her there if it hadn't been for Ed. Probably not. Ed was the one kind of pushing the Winchester. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because he was content just to either stay at the house or stay at her place. Honestly, she was on a second floor apartment. I think she'd have been okay. I think it was higher than the second floor. I think it was higher. Well, maybe not because he was able to climb up there. I always with this film, I love how concerned Sean is about his record collection. Like every, that bit breaks me all the time. Just how, just, you know, he's like, no, that's first printing. No, like. I mean, some of those records were probably valuable. (laughs) Mm -hmm, For sure. First printings can be money. I was very concerned. I was like, no, these are terrible. Like throw one and then be like, oh, that's bad. Let's do something else now. Oh, it did bum me out a little bit that they gave Liz the eh music taste. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, and I guess it's all subjective, so whatever. But it was like Prince and Aerosmith and all this cool shit, and then that name I'm not going to try to say for Liz. Sade is actually really good, though. She, I think it's... I always took that bit as it's their taste, not her. Not, not, a, not a dig at her, but a dig at them, because actually... Sade is really good. She's got a got a beautiful singing voice, and you know I wouldn't be mad on the Sade album. I guess so. maybe my tastes just lean more with theirs. <laughs> so I mean, you know, but that was me with it. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, just the the slow the way that they introduce the zombies to the characters too, because I think that's always a really difficult thing to do in a movie is convince the characters that what's happening is happening. Like when the guy was attacking and eating the pigeon. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, you know, like Sean was interested in that. It kind of took his – it got his attention, but he didn't particularly follow up on it, you know. So yeah. it was it was a believable level of, you know, well, that's weird, but also, eh, whatever. I got to yeah. live my life. Well, I think that's probably exactly what I would do. I, like, I might text you guys and be like, dude, I think I just saw somebody eat a pigeon. But, like, I I defo would not, like, go follow that guy. Oh, no. But I also think those scenes, too, even the day of, of the zombie attack when it hits him, I think that says so much about his character at that moment of just not paying attention because there's a bloody handprint. There's, I mean, you can see bodies, like, everything that he's walking by his normal routine. And it also kind of makes you wonder okay, if this was going on, would I be the same way? Would I just, yeah. you know, be in my own zone and just be like, okay, you know, and mm-hmm. do what I normally do and not pay attention to my surroundings. Yeah, he was well, definitely mar- in his own zone. Yeah, well, and the marketing campaign was all about that. Like, they had the the zombie checkout people and, like, they really showed how participating in the world kind of puts you in that space already. I don't know. I might be letting things right now get to me. Participating in the capitalist world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh 
I, I feel like that's it's such a well done moment there because it would be really easy to film that scene and make Sean look like an idiot, but they don't. Like there's people on the street and I don't think I would look up at those people. Like, especially, you know, I'm on my phone. Like I'm, you know, I'm texting people a lot or listening to podcasts or listening to music. And I don't think I would look up at those people. I don't want to talk to strangers. And the only time that you're like, eh, is when the bloody handprint is there. And at that moment, I would probably notice it just because like, I'd be like, is that going to be on my food? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Would that be on my food? Just that concern, just like, that's weird. Um, I don't like to interact with strangers. And that includes like, like, honestly, this whole quarantine thing was made for me. Because I'm like, no, I don't want you touching me or getting close to me anyway. This is great. Every now and then I'll see people post things about don't go to the self-checkout because, you know, you're taking jobs. And I'm, I get you. I am, I'm super sympathetic to that. I really am. I really am. But over there at the self-checkout, there's nobody that's going to try to talk to me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. So I'm a self-checkout kind of girl. Yeah. Yeah, I see people post the things where it's like, I don't work here. I'm not doing that. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so great. I don't have to communicate with anybody. I got through my entire shopping trip, and I talked to zero people. Like, I am my headphones on in the store. No, I don't need help kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. I will be standing there lost, looking things up in the app to see if I can figure out where it is in the store before I ever, ever go to a person. And then sometimes I'm like, no, I didn't need that thing. (laughs) <laughs> I don't need it bad enough to interact with a human being. Exactly. <laughs> so no, I get Sean. Like, like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'd probably do that. Mm. Another. And way we've to... established that that I'm I'm the skeptic. So, um, I think I would believe there was a zombie apocalypse and one of them was eating me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like I love the the way that they introduce the violence too. Like when they first kill the girl in the garden. That feels believable. Like there's a moment where it look where it looks like they feel like they just killed a person, and I feel like the humor in this movie does such a good job of making the rest of it feel more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. this is this is the perfect use of humor in a horror movie. So speaking of the 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 girl in the garden, that that reveal when she gets up is still one of the absolute best because Sean is just kind of horrified, and then Ed is slowly just you know re. <laughs> Reticking his disposable camera just like that that's, <laughs> that's comic gold right there just so you just hear good. that, that <laughs> yeah oh man yep. like yep, that is yep. great and i think you know going back to the realness of this that's one of the things that always gets me with it that i always find funny it's the more obscure moments like the stuff with sean and his mom arguing in the kitchen about not taking sugar in his tea since 1982 like that cracks my shit up man like it's so just mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it's so normal and just just something you would do just be like no i haven't taken you know sugar in my tea since 1982 like you would be that specific and like i don't know i was i love that i don't think cabin in the woods exists without Shaun of the dead there's a lot of there's a lot of i would i would say that and i'd say there's a lot of horror comedy owes a lot to Shaun of the dead I would say horror comedy was pretty fucking shit before Shaun of the Dead. You know. Zombieland doesn't exist without Shaun of the Dead. Right. Like, you you can't make that... You can't just go to Zombieland. Like, you need that, yeah. that building block. Yeah. 
Man, I don't know. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are just real good. They're so good together. Mm-hmm. I have I have a question. Do you have a friend who is an Ed and you don't get to count me? <laughs> I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have counted you anyway, Donna. Donna, a, you're a doctor. I think that automatically makes you not Ed. <laughs> Doctors don't get to be Ed. I, I will accept that because it makes me feel good. I think I had an Ed in my life when I lived in McAllister. I had had mm. some Ed friends in my McAllister days. Now, no. <laughs> I can't think of my own Ed, if you will. I, I think that I've met Eds, and I've always been like, oh, I don't actually want to interact with you very long, so I'm going to go and not be your friend. I mean, I have people that are that I have to defend and are obnoxious in a different way. Yeah, 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 same. But not exactly that way. And maybe it's just a difference of age at this point, like... How old are they supposed uh, to be? 29. Because he makes a point to say, he goes, I'm 29. I don't want to be here. Oh, right, 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 right. That's so, right. I mean, we're all at least 10 years, almost. I think I'm the, I'm the youngest one in this room right now. And I'm almost 10 years older than that. I think that probably you run out of Ed's the older you get. Because people don't hang out with them anymore. I mean, mm. and basically that's kind of what happens in the movie. Like, I mean, yeah. he... he outgrows Ed, if you will. Yeah, Sean's big character turn is the point that he starts yelling at Ed. Yeah. When when he when he turns around and goes, you know, you 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 fuck up everything and I'm always having to defend you and that that was Sean's big character turn right there. And you can contrast that with Ed who doesn't have his big character turn until he's literally dying. Mm-hmm. Like he continues to be a fuck up until there's nothing left for him to fuck up. Yeah. He and does he, one thing right. Then he goes out as a hero. Yeah. Ish. Hero-ish. Hero-ish. For, for Ed, he's a hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, on the Ed scale, yeah, he's a hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one being where Ed started, and two being where Ed, or ten being where Ed ended. He definitely ended at a ten. Well, and I think Sean's, I think Sean's character uh, arc really does start when he has that final conversation with philip in the car and philip's like hey you were already grown i just you know this is what i wanted for you and i'm sorry that you know i didn't make that clear like i think that's when it really starts yeah i think that's i think that's fair i really like that conversation because i feel like this the relationship between a step parent and the older child is not one that tends to be explored very often and so i thought that that was a really really great little emotional bit to put in there however i am i would really like to see us stop redeeming shitty parents in movies okay but was he was he shitty he went after sean with a bit of wood in the garden he like nobody nobody argues that fact everybody just says yeah he did that and also he's pretty like mean to sean from the get-go Okay. Like, there's no kindness in the way that he interacts with Sean. And see, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, just so we're clear here. Is it there's no kindness, or is that just his personality that he is a he is just that dry? Like I said, does it matter? It it does actually. I to me, their interaction uh, was the kind of interaction you have with somebody you have tension with, but you are forced to interact with. Okay. So it's like 
here, here we, here we go again. We have to have this conversation and neither one of us want to have it, but here we are. So let's do it. Um, that's See, how to their, me, that makes their interaction shitty... came across to me. And okay. that's like, to me, that still labels him as a shitty parent. As the adultier adults, you got to figure it out. Hmm. Like Sean's not going anywhere, but he's not a fuck up. Like his life isn't bad. He's got a stable job. If he's paying his rent, there's no reason to be talking to Sean with that kind of derision. Hmm. Not everybody can be a doctor, Donna. <laughs> I said, I don't have anything. The, the only thing left I want to talk about is our poll question. So, okay, well then I guess let's, let's start heading toward uh, rule poll and quote. So we like a movie. The less there is to say. Yeah, really. It's true. Most of my stuff is quotes and then rule and poll suggestion on my notes. So, I have our rule, which is sort your fucking life out, mate. <laughs> it's a good rule. Now, Donna, you have our quote, and I was going to let you talk about how that. Yeah. yeah, normally when we pick a quote, it is a quote that is actually said in the movie, and we went for something a little unorthodox this time. There's an interview with the director. Remind me his name? Edgar Wright. There's an interview with Edgar Wright when they asked him about why he went with slow zombies instead of fast zombies, because fast zombies were kind of a thing at that time. And yeah, because we had 28 Days Later and the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And, and his response to that is what we chose as our quote. And that is, death is not an energy drink. All right. And Adrian, you had our poll question. Do you think they would have been safer if Sean hadn't dragged them all out? I'm going to jump on that because if it were me, uh, Liz's apartment was the place to stay. Uh, it didn't look like it had a lot of external openings. It looks like there was a door and maybe one window and you had to be buzzed in and you had to climb to get to that window. So from my point of view, Liz's apartment was the safest place to be. Of course, awkward Harry Potter was there, but... You know, he died anyway. So. He's a problem. <laughs> he is a problem. Yeah, Donna, I I agree with you. I think Liz's apartment was the place to be just because of the the high ground, if you will. And I know that's something in Max Brooks's Zombie Sur Survival Guidebook. He talks about, you know, if you're going to stay in a two-story place, you know, you destroy the stairs if you can. But yeah, the high ground... Is where to go. So I, I don't think we would have had the shenanigans that we would have had, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it would have been a much less interesting movie. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think Liz's place w was it, and we wouldn't so, have had Martin Freeman. No follow up. Well, the only argument I have against that is that by traveling, they ran into his old friend, and he told her where they were headed. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why they got rescued at the end because she knew that they would be there. That is my only oh. argument against your theory because I, th I feel pretty confident that that fucking apartment building would have been checked for survivors anyway. But now I have a follow-up question because this movie is so very well written and packed with its metaphorical stuff and its callbacks and everything. Do you think that the ending is still a happy ending? with him and Liz back together, or is he dragging Liz down? No, I got the impression that he did get his shit sorted out. He got his shit sorted out, and um, now he and Liz are having a happy relationship. But they're back and, on his ground floor apartment. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they're 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 in his apartment, um, and Ed's not there, so they don't have the horrible roommate. I guess my question is: Is Ed a secret? I think Ed might be a secret because he doesn't say, "I'm going to go play video games with Ed." He says, "I'm going to go out to the garden for a minute." See, that makes me feel like it's not a happy ending because they went from Liz's safe, higher apartment where you have to be buzzed in back to Sean's ground floor apartment, taking Liz back, back down where she didn't want to go. Okay. So this is my, I want to, I've been watching Kinsey think about this for for, while while you were talking, Don, it's been pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to jump in this here. I do think it's a happy ending. Uh, I never thought Ed was a secret because I, as couples sometimes do, they have their own way they communicate. And I think she knows exactly what he's doing when he's going in the garden. I don't think it's it's a secret. And I always took Sean's apartment as to take his state, his state of mind. So when you're first seeing it, there's dishes, it's trashy, there's stuff all over. You see it at the end. It's nice. It's clean. It's, you know, for lack of a better term, it, it's a grown-up apartment. And so I don't think he's dragging her down. I think it's just him getting his shit together. And, you know, and she's acknowledging he he's still going to want to play video games and fuck around with his friend, but just not all the time. And that's what Ed in the Garden is. So that's, you know, yeah, I, I think it's a happy ending. I wonder a little bit. Okay. If the apartment was messy, I, I would wonder too, but it's not. Like, it's 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 nice. It's clean. And they've come out of this communicating in my head <laughs> and having some kind of plan. And I think this is the, the compromise that they're both making in the relationship. All right. Do we have anything else on Shaun of the Dead before we, we close the book? Oh, it's a good movie. Fun. I enjoy it. If, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Thanks, Miles. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. We do appreciate your your support. As always, we thank our editor, Billy. He does an awesome job making us sound fantastic. Thank you, Billy. Appreciate that. And uh, if you are so inclined to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter at Beyond Cabin, Instagram, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. We also have a Facebook page, which you can find us there. And then our webpage is beyondthecabinandthewoods.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me under Calista77. Donna, how can they find you if they want to follow you on the social medias? I'm a SoonerDVM on Twitter. Right now, all you're going to see is posts about Animal Crossing. But uh, I'm I'm SoonerDVM on Twitter, and I'm Donna underscore Leahy. That's L-E-A-H-E-Y on Instagram. I don't do much on Instagram either, but I'd love to have you follow me there. Adrian, what about uh, you? You can find me on Twitter at Junkyard Poet, and on Instagram, I am Saint of Unicorns. Most of my Instagram is my cute animals, and you'll get to see the ruffians making all of the noise in my background. <laughs> uh, then also, uh, Guy Debbie, I know she is on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Immortal Sif. So if you want to give her a follow too. Also, we are part of the Gumby Cat Network. So definitely check them out. They've got a lot of fun stuff. Thank you guys so much. Don't read the Latin. You know what horror is. Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.